How'd you get him to come to you? With this. Oh. Love. Jealousy. Touch. Forever. Intense. Passion. Obsession. Calvin Klein. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and movies. Ah! Ah! Yeah, that hurt? Ah! That hurt? What the hell? Sex on TV. How you're bending it? I'm wearing those good old-fashioned values. Giggity, giggity, 50s, giggity. On which we used to rely. Hey everybody and welcome to Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. The internet's number one week by week, episode by episode, look back at Family Guy 20 years later. I'm your host Ian, and this week we have our fantastic season finale for season two, Forefather. It's our 21st episode of the second season, it's our 28th episode overall. It debuted August 1st, 2000. Uh, nearly a year after the season began, uh, late September. Its director was Scott Wood, and its writer was Bobby Bowman. And we're going to go into our opening thoughts before we get into the episode. My first opening thought starts with a quote from Seth MacFarlane about this episode, uh, he said that this episode, at least at the time, was the least funny episode uh, to him, and it uh, it's it's actually really funny. It's got a it's got a, a quite a few funny jokes all the way through it, but more than that, I think it's a, a pretty important episode. It's it's another episode in the early iteration of the show that shows um, Peter and Chris's relationship and and how. Um, how much Chris loves his dad, just really wants to uh, impress him and spend time with him. And Peter learning uh, how to be a better father. But also, I think it's an important episode for Brian and Stewie's relationship. Up until now, they really haven't had as much interaction as they do later on in the show. But I think in this uh, episode, they have the most interaction they have for the entire uh, first two seasons and it's it's a witty back and forth brian's messing with stewie uh you know about his vaccinations and um it, it, it's like i said it's just sort of like a, a important episode for their relationship it's a it's a first stepping stone towards what their relationship will be in the future um another note for the show is that animation domination will be coming back uh this year September 27th uh, on uh, 2020 this year. So, uh, you know, set your DVRs for that. I know I watch it every week. Um, I can't wait till they come out with the... Uh, well, actually, I think they already did. I have I have the, the, the newest one. But um, it'll be the uh, 19th season of Family Guy. Um, so, you know, like I said, please uh, set your DVRs for that and check that out. Um... And then our last uh, note this week is our shout-out of the week goes to Marlboro, Massachusetts. They are located in the county of Middlesex in Massachusetts, and uh, they were founded on September 20th, 1660. They have an estimated population of a little over 39,500 people. Um they used to be a industrial town, but they transitioned to 
uh, into a high-tech center in the 90s and early 2000s. They boast the New England Sports Center, which is a pretty cool-sounding uh, two-story, eight-rink um, skating center. And like I said, that, that sounds pretty fun. I remember going ice skating as a kid. And that was really fun. Uh, I believe the one that I used to go to got taken over by a church. But um, And then they also have a local acting troupe, the Ghost Light Players, which have, since 2012, put on plays uh, such as Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet and other plays from Shakespeare and, and from others. And like I said, they, they were founded in 2012. Uh, and I thought they sounded pretty cool, so I thought I'd uh, throw it in with the shout out so uh to you marlboro massachusetts what's up good on you and uh yeah then we'll we'll get to someone next week um we'll be right back after this spot from anchor and we'll get into this fantastic episode it is four fathers it is our season two season finale And we're back, and this episode starts with a cold open, actually, it's a really fucked up cold open, where uh, it's a little house on the prairie joke, where um, the dad is leading the blind daughter around, and at first he like trips her with a, an ottoman and runs her into a pot, and he's like, oh, you're all confused, you're in the kitchen, and then he leads her up a stairs, or up a ladder, and um, she thinks she's going up to the loft, but I, but she just goes right out the window, and the family just laughs and laughs at her, and it's really fucked up, and but it's really funny at the same time. And the one note that I took away from it was that Gary Cole is a really underrated actor, like off top. Um, and if you don't know who he is, he's the dad. He's he plays the dad in the Brady Bunch movies, and he plays the bad guy in like Pineapple Express and a tons of other stuff. He's also in that that show that was on. It was uh, called Fam. He played the the crotchety old cop dad or whatever. That show was like medium, okay, I guess. Um, but he's a really really good voice actor, and he does a lot of voices for this show. Um, and, and that was like the one note that I took from that. And then um, when we come out of the show and into the living room and Peter and Chris and the family is watching it and Peter's like, wow, I guess things uh, were a lot harder back then. <laughs> and uh, then this is where we get our theme song. Listen up, everybody. It's time for spring cleaning. Spring cleaning? Oh, not again. That was weird. Boy, that was weird, too. If we all pitch in, we'll be done in no time. Mom, I can't clean. I got stuff to do. Sweetheart, we all know you don't have any stuff to do. Now, I don't want to hear any more excuses from anyone. Oh, crap. We did it again. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ooh. And when we come back, um, uh... Uh, out of that clip, we find Lois and Meg uh, downstairs. They're in the basement. They're looking through a bunch of old uh, uh, boxes and stuff. And Lois finds a bunch of old of of Meg's old stuff, like her old blanket, her old you know her her old shoes, her old tail. And Meg is like, "What?" And she's like, "Nothing." And um, uh, then uh, we cut outside and we see Peter using. He's talking to Cleveland, 
and he's hooking up a hose to the fire hydrant. He's like, uh, Lois asked me to do all these chores, like clean the gutter and the shining, and, and uh, with this hose, I can make it all one, just one chore, one easy, quick job. And uh, Cleveland is like, wow, Peter, you're not working hard. You're working smart. And uh, so uh, Cleveland's totally encouraging him. And uh, he tells Brian to give him the juice and the, the hose just starts spraying everywhere. And uh, he totally fucks up the house. And then when he, oh no, he told Chris to give him the juice. Because inside, Brian's uh, cleaning the inside of a window. And the hose just blasts a hole right through the window. And Brian goes flying. And it's absolutely hilarious. And um, Peter just fucked up all of the windows. And he's fucked up like there's like tiles missing from the roof. And the siding's messed up. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, Peter, uh, Lois pops her head out of the window with Meg and she's like, uh, Peter, you ruined everything. Like, just go away. Don't come near the house. I don't want you to do any more chores. And, and, uh, Peter's like, well, you know, it wouldn't be so, so messy if someone would put down her wine and, and, and red book lazy. And, uh, that's when she tells him to leave. So, um, uh, right when she does, uh, um, uh, then Joe comes up. Or they walk over to Joe's house where they see Joe and Kevin uh, packing like they're going camping. This is the time of the month when Loretta is visited by her aunt Flo. Loretta likes to personify her menses in humorous ways. Hey, Quagmire, you up for some camping? <laughs> Sorry, bud. The only tent I'm pitching this weekend is... <laughs> well, you, you see where I'm going with this. Oh! Um, Chris says that actually he does want to go because this will give him a, a, a chance to get away from the evil monkey in his closet. And everyone starts laughing. Evil monkey. <laughs> and Chris looks up and sees uh, in the window the evil monkey come in and we hear the, the, the sting of the piano and he points at him and, and uh, does the, you know, the evil monkey thing. And that's our second look at Evil Monkey. Uh, we haven't gotten any backstory yet, but he gets a rich, rich backstory in an episode all his own. Um, then uh, Peter says, "You know what? Yeah, we, uh, we, we, yeah, we can go camping. Uh, we haven't, I haven't done any male bonding since uh, me and Pete, me and Cleveland went down to to, to Chinatown, and we got a cutaway where where they've gotten their penises stuck in a finger in a Chinese finger trap." And Peter's like, look, never mind what, how it happened. Just help us. And it's, it's super funny. Um, from there, we see Stewie inside. Uh, he's doing paper mache. Uh, he's building a boat. Brian comes in and is like, are, are those my books? Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm using them to do paper mache. I'm, I'm making the boat from Surfside 6, you know. Surfside Six, and then he, he sings the the theme song to Surfside Six, and uh, Brian gets super mad, but he uh, Stewie calls for his mom. Lois comes in and saves him, and and Stewie starts mocking Brian, you know, sticking his tongue out 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 at him, and Brian's like, "This isn't over." And Stewie's like, "If you're looking for your Dostoevsky, I used it to make the fortress from F Troop," and um, then we go into the living room. And we, uh, Lois says, uh, you've got a checkup tomorrow. And Stewie's like, oh, yes, a, a, a good once over and all that. 
and um and and so that's just setting up some stuff that's going to happen that's going to set up that's just a, a quick setup for stewie's story and it gives him a little tension between him and brian so that brian can fuck him over this this episode um but after that i guess everyone uh quagmire uh or did, i don't think quagmire left or went but cleveland uh cleveland jr and peter and chris managed to get packed pretty quick because we're at the campsite um and like i said this is our best episode uh to take a look at cleveland jr in this iteration because we won't see him according to wiki to the to the wiki which has been wrong about a lot of things not a lot of things, but like uh, a couple of things here and there. Um, I don't mean to bash it, but um, they've been wrong about just a couple of things. So I don't know if this is actually the last episode where we see Cleveland Jr. in this iteration, but it could be. And I think they are right on this one. So then, and he, this is where we get to like hear him talk the most and like see him like like interact with everyone. So um, it's kind of nice that this is the 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 season finale because it's like the this the going away party for cleveland jr for like 13 years or whatever or however long it is but um we he's like he's running around with a, a stick pretending it's a rifle he's like i'm daniel boone i'm a big man and then he accidentally breaks it in half and, and he pretends it's like a microphone he's like now i'm pat boone gonna do a christmas special with george williams and uh peter starts talking about how beautiful um starts talking about how beautiful the world around him is and you know how it was how it how it just seems like sometimes it's just made specifically for him and then we get a, a little like pull out and we see and the guy's like christoph do you think he you think he's gonna figure it out and christoph is like no and that's from the truman show which is a really really good movie I, I know like that that's like a the, one of the most like famous Jim Carrey movies, but if you haven't seen it, you have got to. It is absolutely fantastic, and I think sometimes that we all feel that way, and I feel like that's why that movie became so popular because it because we all have that feeling of like of, of of just being of just you know feeling like things around us are are sort of like about us, but I think that's how we are all. Uh, I think we all feel like feel like that sometimes, um, but uh, like I said, that's a really good movie and that's a really good joke. And then um, from there, we see a little bit of Joe's parenting style. Dad, I dug the latrine fifty feet out. Oh, that's great, Kevin. You want a cookie every time you do something right? Go get some firewood. Yes, sir. He's gonna grow up to be quite a man. Mm, that was incredible, Kevin. I'm not here to impress you. Am I dead? Did I say you could rest yet? And then um, Chris is just kind of like messing up stuff. He's, you know, even Cleveland Jr. is getting like firewood and stuff. And, you know, Kevin's running around doing everything for the campsite to impress his dad. And Chris is just like, you know, just like sitting around drawing, not, you know, really doing anything. Um, and from here, we're also cross-cutting with the Stewie and... Uh, 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 with the Stewie and Lois story where we're cutting over to where Stewie's in the waiting room for his checkup. He's sitting next to an old lady with a baby and he's like, uh, he's like, did you find that in a parking lot or is that yours? No, seriously, if that is yours, good job. I mean, seriously, good job. And then, um, he, uh, then we cut back and, um, 
the guys are coming back from fishing and uh they didn't catch very many uh they didn't really catch very many fish and cleveland makes a funny joke where he's like you know that show chips or that show fish i think it should have been on before chips and it's like fish and chips and that's true that's actually really funny um but chris doesn't want to go fishing or no chris yeah chris doesn't want to go fishing he says that he's had a really bad um he says he's had a really bad uh experience with fish and we get a, a joke where uh chris comes into his room and he sees that his fish is gone he's like my fish ran away and then he looks at his wallet and he robbed me and then he sees like a, a trail of water leading out of the out of the out of the bedroom window it's super funny um but so he doesn't want to go fishing um uh joe starts talking trash he's like you know uh you know i'm not trying to tell another parent how to how to how to act but like your son you're you're raising your son to be soft and peter gets all 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 you know crazy about it he's like you know if you were a woman i'd slug you which is a funny callback to the episode where he got stuck uh, it's our fourth episode mind over murder where he gets uh where he slugs a woman thinking it was a thinking it was a man and he gets house arrest and has to stay home and, and he ends up building a bar uh but it's a funny callback uh, he says he he would slug joe if he was a woman um but to prove him wrong peter's like okay chris i'm gonna make you responsible for this campsite um and he's like, he's like, you have to, to be vigilant. You have to, to stay awake. And as he's saying this, Chris is falling asleep. He's like, <sighs> and then he's like, hey, Chris, Chris, you, you got to pay attention, boy. And then while he's talking, he starts falling asleep. And it's uh, uh, pretty funny. Um, from there, uh, we see Stewie at the doctor's office. He's just being, uh, you know, really funny, making jokes, um, you know, with the, the doctor the doctor's like he weighs them. He's like, "Ooh, someone, someone's uh, uh, getting big." And he's like, "Well, we can't all be like those anorexic babies in in the diaper commercials." Um, and like I said, he's just generally being really cute. And then, uh, uh, the nurse tells uh Lois that it's time for Stewie to take his shots. You uh might want to hold him. Hold me for what? <gasps> the deuce oh i'm sorry sweetie <gasps> back off don't come any closer or i'll cut her i'll i'll give her a, i'll give her a series of splinters that that could um you know become infected look stewie look at the dancing kitty <laughs> oh no i'll not be taken in by one of your oh my that's delightful isn't it and what's your name you little ah! oh god um after that <laughs> It's really funny. He takes the the um, he takes the nurse hostage, and I don't know why that's so funny, but it but it just is. Um, and and I'm going to give her a series of splinters. Uh, they might get infected. It's so funny. Um, but from there we cut out to the guys on the lake. Uh, um, Peter's like, yeah, this is the magic hour. The sun's not quite here. The moon's not quite. Or the sun's not quite gone. The moon's not quite here. And somewhere Scott Bayo is plowing a woman he doesn't love, which is funny. He's the the he's a guy from uh, Happy Days, and and he's 
you know, married a, a bunch of women. And so, yeah. But uh, Kevin, uh, he reels in a fish, but the fish gets away. He's like, oh. And Peter's like, oh, I guess that's the one that, that got away. And uh, uh, Joe's like, to like, hell, like hell it is. And he gives his gun over to Kevin. He's like, now you go in there and you get that bastard. And so Kevin goes down, locked and loaded, ready to take out that fish. Um, they get back to the campsite. They haven't caught any, uh, very many fish at all, but they're like, you know, at least we brought tons of food. So it's not like we're going to starve. And, uh, when they get back, the campsite has been ransacked and Chris comes up and he explains that raccoon actually he doesn't explain it. He's got a little, like, uh, he's got like a little, um, flip book and he's, he, he drew that the raccoons came and took all the food and messed with him and uh ever and joe's like why am i not surprised and peter is is embarrassed and peter says he failed and um you know but he's like i but i blame myself i failed you as a father um he's like uh why don't you take the boy joe and joe's like mm, no and cleveland's like mm, no and then uh, Bambi's dad comes up. He's like, I'll take the boy. I'll teach him of the way, the ways of the forest. And then he gets shot and some, uh, some, um, some hunters come up and take him. And uh, when that happened, I forgot that that's what happened. I was like, oh, shit. But um, Peter, uh, we find out that Peter has a habit of pranking Lois when he gets depressed. Uh, Lois comes in and she's like, Peter, are you okay? And she pulls the blanket off of a lump on the, on the bed. And it's just a bunch of skulls and she screams and he walks in all melancholy. And she's like, Oh, Peter. Wow. I didn't know you were that depressed. If you're going to pull your skull prank. So we know that he's definitely done this before. Um, but, um, she's like, why don't you, uh, he's like, you know, I've tried to, I've tried all week to bond with Chris and we see him, we see that he, he tried to teach Chris how to eat Oreos. He's like, you pull it apart, Chris, and then you, you lick the insides, which is pretty funny. And then, uh, Chris, he gets the cookie open and he's staring at it, staring at it. And then he smacks himself in the face with it. And, uh, um, then, uh, Peter, uh, then he, 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 then he says that he tried to teach, uh, Chris how to get a free meal at a restaurant and we see Peter, at a, he, he, they both have soup and he puts a dead guy's face into his soup and, uh, calls the waiter over and the waiter comps it. So then he tries to get Chris to do the same thing, but Chris's guy actually isn't dead. And so Chris breaks out and starts bashing him in the skull with a bottle of wine and, um, and Peter runs away and it's absolutely hilarious. And then uh, Lois suggests, why don't you get him a job? And Peter is like, hold on. And then we get a totally uh, saved by the bell freeze frame. Uh, uh, Zach Morris style. And uh, he's like, that's a great idea. I'll get Chris a job. That's how uh, fathers and sons have bonded for ages. And then he's like, then he looks at Lois and he starts walking. He's like, he, and starts walking towards her. And then he turns back and he's like, go away. I'm going to do stuff to her now. Um, uh, from when we come back, that actually goes to a commercial. When we come back, um, Lois is like, I'm sorry that Stewie messed up your books, but here's some of Peter's. 
and uh, he he, uh, he she gives him three books. He's like, uh, Mr. T, buy Mr. T, and then uh, um, and then uh, me and Mr. T by I think it's I think it was uh, by Gene Roddenberry, and then it said I'm not Mr. T by Ving Rhames. <laughs> Which is absolutely freaking hilarious, and Ving Rhames is awesome. Ving Rhames is uh, uh, just totally one hundred percent badass. Um, but then Stewie comes in. He's got a fever. Lois feels his head. She's like, "Oh my god, honey, you're 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 burning up. I'm gonna go get a bath ready for you." And uh, uh, Stewie starts realizing that he's having a bad reaction. The devil are you talking about? You said the shots were supposed to make me healthy. <laughs> you actually believe Lois had them inject you with something to make you healthy? I mean, you, you were already healthy, right? Oh, God, you're right. I, I, was, I was pink as a pistol. Pink as a pistol? Good Lord, I can't even form a cogent simile anymore. Um, Brian eggs him on, and um, Stewie ends up passing out, but when he does, he pops his head back up. He's like, oh, come on, Stewie. Don't don't go softly into that good night, to quote Bob Dylan, and then he puts his head back down and then he pops it back up. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Dylan Thomas, and then he passes out again. And then from there, we see uh, that Peter got Chris a job at the driving range. Uh, Chris has got a mattress strapped to his back and a helmet on a football helmet on his head, and he's like. Uh, teasing the people and they're just hitting tons of balls at him and then uh, a guy comes up to Peter and he, he says that uh, he's Patty Tanner to the caddy manager yeah it rhymes big whoop want to fight about it and uh, he he said he tells Peter that that Chris is the best ball shagger they've ever had because people just, just keep having to buy more and more balls to hit at this fat kid and then we see this guy on the phone he's like He's like, Margaret, cancel my three o'clock. I, I just have to hit more balls at this fat kid. And um, uh, Cleveland Jr. comes up and he starts smacking balls. Uh, uh, and, he, and it turns out that he's, he's really good. Peter, uh, he's like, hey, he's a natural, you know, with a, with a little help. He could, he could go pro. And um, uh, Cleveland or Cleveland's like, yeah, he's he's a little out of your your league as far as parenting goes. And Peter uh, immediately, of course, takes the front of that and is like, hey, you know, I I, uh, I I helped Chris become you know as good as he is. You know, he's the best ball shagger this place has ever had. You know, I bet I could help Cleveland Junior um, become the best golfer of all time. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I'm just as good as I'm just as good as father as the the father from Lost in Space. And we get a cutaway to Lost in Space, and the dad's like, "All right, I'm gonna go with uh, with my wife over here. Uh, you, uh, my daughter, go check that rock formation over there. Uh, and then uh, my twelve year, my ten year old son, that eighty year old pervert, and that robot need to go in that outcropping over there. And uh, I love Lost in Space. I've seen the uh, a bunch of the old show." My wife got really into the new show, and I I watched it a little bit of it. It was pretty good. And then the movie with Matt Perry, like from like '99 or 2000, is absolutely fantastic. You double that with Planet of the Apes, the one with Mark Wahlberg. That is a good time. I can tell you that right now. Um, but um, so Peter's bragging that he could he could teach Cleveland Jr. how to be a, a fantastic golfer. 
Cleveland's like, yeah, I don't think so. So they do like the whole thing where they're like, here, come on, Cleveland Jr., come on, come on, come to me. And Cleveland Jr. comes to Peter. And then this is where uh, Patty Tanager comes up. He's like, how did you get him to come? And this is where we get our Kyvin Klein opener uh, from, from before. I'm Chet Cheddarson with Action 2 News. Is there poison in the water supply? I'll tell you later in this broadcast. But first, let's go to who it is clearly just me again in the field for this breaking news story. Thank you, me in the studio. I would just like to report that uh, just as re- just as earlier reported on this network, Animation Domination will be premiering September 27th this year. Uh, they will be bringing back two shows from last year, one named Duncanville, a hilarious look into the life of a young man with his real life and his imagination blended together. It will be uh, premiering later in the season after Bless the Hearts, a hilarious look at a Southern family in Alabama starring Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. Duncanville stars Ty Burrell as well as Amy Poehler. Both have a hilarious cast and the first seasons of both are absolutely top notch. Please check this out. And uh, as far as this podcast goes, please check out our top 10 episode next week. Thank you. We will see you next time. Welcome back to part two of our season two finale for Father. Uh, Coming back in, Lois gives Stewie some medicine, but Stewie does not trust her at all, nor should he. She is an absolute robot lizard person, and he suspects this, and that's why he spits his medicine at him. She's one of them, I'm sure of it. Now tell me what they injected me with. Huh. Do you know Mr. T always wanted to be a Broadway dancer? Answer me, damn it! What have they done to me? All right, look, it could be any number of things. Gene manipulation, sterilization. Not my seed! But from the look of your pupils, I'd say it's some kind of mind control serum. Or not. Um, after he does, Stewie, uh, after he spits it out and Brian messes with him, uh, Stewie starts having an hallucination where he looks into his little mirror on his crib and he's like, I, I think I look fine. And then his reflection says, yes, you look fine to me, old boy. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, ah, and he, he starts freaking out. And then he starts having a really crazy fantasy where um, he's hearing, I believe it's the um, like a crazy, scary Surfside 6 remix. And then he uh, is seeing birds flying around because that's what's on his mobile. And then their heads turn into Mr. T. And he says, uh, never wanted to be a bad guy. Wanted to be a dancer. And um, then as he's trying to climb up his his crib it turns into Lois's nose and she says you are in my power and he's like no and he falls off and he goes into the water and when we come out of his his uh, hallucination we see that Meg and Lois are just giving him a bath and Meg is like what's wrong with him and, and Lois is like he's hallucinating you know just like you did when you ate those brownies I had made for that Almond Brothers commercial or not commercial but concert um and again meg is like what and lois is like nothing and then um we cut to the driving range chris is mocking the golfers he's like turning around and being like and then uh when they hit their balls at him he turns around and they hit the 
hit the mattress on his back. And everyone in this town seems to be a really fantastic golfer because they are all just nailing him. Maybe that just shows how much that they're hitting uh, balls, uh, how, like how much business he's, he's bringing in that they are just getting, they're all just getting that good. Um, but, uh, we see Cleveland Jr. and Peter, they're talking, um, Cleveland Jr. starts doing a honeycomb, uh, jingle. He's like, honeycomb big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. I, I love honeycomb. Honeycomb's one of my favorite cereals. Um, but Peter's like, hey, um, can you, uh, call me Mr. Drummond? And, um, Cleveland Jr. is like, yeah, no problem. Uh, and then, um, Patty Tanager, uh, comes up to Chris. He's got a little, like, uh, uh, Hogan's Heroes-esque, um, uh, he's got a little Hogan's Heroes-esque tunnel that leads up to where Chris is standing. He's like, hey, Chris, yeah, it's a tunnel from Hogan's Heroes. Big whoop, want to fight about it? Here's your paycheck. You did great, kid. And, and so Chris gets his first paycheck. He runs over to Peter to like to like show him like, "Hey, look, I made all this money." And Peter completely ignores him. Peter completely sucks. He uh, abandons his son for Cleveland. He's like, he literally says to Chris, uh, "Not now, Chris. I, I'm trying to be a good father." And so he just completely blows Chris off. And Chris is standing there with just a big wad of bills in his hand. Oh, freaking well. Uh, later, I guess it's like the next day, Quagmire gets a, a package from a UPS lady and he answers in his boxers, but, but when she's like, um, I, I've got a package for you, he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And he runs back in and he comes back out with his boxers off. He's new and he's like, I've got a package for you. Ha! And she runs off and he chases a little bit. Uh, he gets maced, uh, actually. And he's like, I've, I've grown immune. And uh, he chases her, but he sees Chris, and he's like, Chris is like, my dad doesn't care about me. He's like, at least you had a father. Mine left when I was a when I was a, just a little boy. But I guess we find out that his dad was just like uh, uh, in the army later and just gone all the time. But we see Quagmire uh, crying and crying and crying until his mom starts breastfeeding him, and he's like, all right, because you know he's like a baby. Um, but, uh, so they bond over their poor father relationships and then we see Quag taking Chris around and just like, you know, like being cool with him. And then we see, uh, Chris trying to put into practice what Quagmire teaches him. Go ahead, kid. Try it out. Um, excuse me. You dropped something. My jaw. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice going. Um, as they're driving, Quagmire uh, smashes into a pole, and instead of uh, airbags, uh, blow-up dolls pop out, and Quagmire's like, <laughs> "All right," because like, "All right," just to like try and catch up with them. Uh, we cut from there to them at like a bowling alley, and they're in Quagmire sniffing of uh, women's bowling shoes and uh chris is like I, I don't think i like shoes as much or feet as much as you do mr quagmire and quagmire's like hey everyone likes feet and then he's like we're here and so and they've been driving for a while and he's got this pretty sweet roadster uh and they get to a a uh like a like a 1960s beach party movie beach party where they're just like doing like some 
ridiculous dance and they're just making up words like hickadoola and uh it's a pretty funny bit you can go uh check it out for some reason i didn't get a clip of it i don't know why i didn't get a clip of it but they're like hickadoola and but it's just like a typical like 60s beach uh beach uh party movie beach party um but from there we see uh uh not chris but we see peter with cleveland jr um and he's like he's encouraging him he's he's making he's you know he's sinking putts he's like hey hey, hey uh today to will you call me uh, uh mr papadopoulos and cleveland jr's like yeah and he's like and, and can i call you webster and uh cleveland's like that's the line and he's like oh oh yeah 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 okay i understand and tom tucker comes over and and invites them to enter something called the man boy uh tournament and at the country club that they're playing golf at uh and peter is like oh my god that's it i'll explain in the car and he drags tom along into his car and he's like this is the perfect opportunity for me to show uh cleveland and joe that i can that i'm a way better parent than either of them and he's like i'll do it and so um uh from there we see quag taking chris uh, to a strip club. Um, when they get inside, Chris is like, how do we know where to sit? And he's like, ha, ha, I usually just follow the old divining rod. And then he just, like, his penis, like, starts flying him all over the place. Um, uh, some stripper comes up uh, to Chris and she's like, how old are you? And Chris is like, old enough to know you're a whore. And um, the and uh, she starts talking to him, and, and she turns out to be really nice and wise as she's giving him a lap dance. Uh, she is giving him advice, like you don't need your father's approval. You know, you just sometimes you just need to be who you are, and, and you know, you, some, you don't really need his approval to move on with your life. And uh, she, he's like, wow, you're really nice and you're really smart. And then we see Quagmire's out of money, and so he's like, do you take cards? She's like, mm-hmm. And so he, as she's turned around, he swipes it between her butt cheeks. And he's like, can I get stamps, too? And she slaps the living crap out of him. Um, from there, we see Tom Tucker, and he's seemingly calling the final shot from the 18th hole at this man-boy tournament. And um, uh, but, but it pans out, and he's actually just talking to himself as he take, takes a whiz. Um, from there, uh, we see uh peter and cleveland talking peter says that they just need this one last hole to win i told you i could mold your son into a champion this is gonna be my greatest victory ever except for the time i defeated my evil twin not me lois shoot him i'm the real peter i don't know lois look at me you know your own husband don't you Thank God, you made the right choice, honey. What was that? Nothing. That's a, a, a twin gun scenario. I don't think that's actually what it's called, but I love it when there's like a, a you know, a, a two twins and there's a gun, you know, and uh, which one do you shoot? Which one do you shoot? Um, but so Peter uh, is like, okay, we just need this one last thing. He tosses a golf ball to Cleveland Jr., and uh, Cleveland Jr. just starts like juggling it with his feet, and he's, he starts running off. He's like, "Ha! I'm like Pele! Ha! I'm a soccer star!" And he just runs off and cla- uh, Clagmire, but 
Quagmire, Cleveland, and Joe are just laughing. They're like, ha, ah, that's, that's, uh, that's what you get, Peter. And uh, uh, Peter's like, oh, my God, oh, no. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously mad about it. But, every, you know, the guys start making fun of Peter. And then uh, from there we see later Chris is hitting um, some golf balls uh, at the driving range. And then we see Peter come up he's like eight spots down and they're hitting balls and then peter gets a little bit closer and then a little bit closer and then they're at the one they're like right next to each other and then peter turns around and starts hitting balls at the um into the parking lot just so we can face chris and uh they wordlessly make up over a bucket of balls as they're as you know chris is cranking them out into the fairway and peter's cranking them out into the parking lot and uh, wreaking havoc, um, and but that but it's really nice. It's sort it's a nice ending for for Peter and Chris and for the for the end of the season. And that is how the season ends. That's where we get our credits. Um, and like I said, it's it's I I do think that that um, Seth MacFarlane gives it a little too much crap. I think it's a pretty good episode. Is it good? Is it you know? Is it like a a, a barn burner? A, a barn burner? You know. To end the season on, I I mean, I'll be, I'll admit it, no, but, you know, I do think it is a good episode. I think it's, uh, like I said, I think it's important for Peter and Chris's relationship. It, it shows, you know, that they have a really good relationship. Um, it's got a couple of Lois and Meg moments in there, which are really funny. And then it's, uh, like I said, it's kind of important in Brian and Stewie's relationships. This is where they get the most interaction with each other. Um, and it's Cleveland Jr. send off until he comes back in his second iteration later, uh, you know, like 150 pounds later. Um, so, but you know, that's, uh, that's, that's how it ends. And that's, that's where we get our credits. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a little sad our second season is over, even though I know we have some fabulous bonus content just, you know, in the near future coming out. But, like, you know, like our season two top ten episode that's coming out next week or the following week where we're going to do the first Star Wars episode, Blue Harvest, which, if you don't know, is, is was the working title for Star Wars when they were making Star Wars when they were filming it back in the 70s. Um, that was the working title before it was re, uh, renamed to Star Wars. That's just just one of the small 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 details that that uh, that you'll get. Um, but we're gonna be doing that in a couple of weeks. And I'm really excited to be doing that. Um, you know, I've been watching this uh, first two seasons in one DVD box set this whole time because the first season only had seven episodes. And, um, so it was combined with the second season, which had 21, uh, into one 28, uh, episode box set. Um, and, and even though all it really means is that I'm moving one box set, uh, from the living room to my bedroom and, and, and another one from my bedroom to my living room, it, it sort of feels like a passing of the torch. Um, between the second and third season, there's a slight cancellation of the show, um, but it is brought back um, relatively soon, uh, especially relatively to its other canceling. Um, but it, it was brought back, and, and it's and it's got a bunch of leftover episodes from this season that never got to air. I believe that they were supposed to be the real uh, uh, season finale episodes. Um, 
So I'm really excited to be getting doing that. And also, the third season is probably my favorite season of any show ever. It's got, so, like, every single episode on it is amazing, is um, hilarious, and, um, like, like every single one is a banger. You, you can't go through the list and not find one that's, like, like really famous and like like really really good so i'm i'm really looking forward to that um but i think that that's why this episode didn't feel like a season finale because i don't think it was ever meant to be the season finale um the third season starts off with a bang with a fantastic two-parter that's absolutely hilarious uh but next week is our long-awaited top 10 episode of season two it's going to be spectacular we're going to go through our uh, favorite episodes from this season. We're going to narrow it down from 21 to 10 and uh, make jokes about them. Uh, you still have time to sway our votes, and you can do that by giving us an email at frickinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com, or you can send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash frickinsweet slash message. And if you'd like, you can check out our discussion questions. We'll be posting a few all this week. Um, on the subreddit r slash family guy on reddit so please look out for those um you know as a person who likes to make lists like this and argue over useless fantastic cartoon crap i cannot wait to get into this but alas i must so until next week please please be peace Oh my god! Is she dead? No, I think she's still alive. Oh, that did it.